ladies and gentlemen, from the WB Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's another exciting edition of the Binge Buster Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Binge Buster Show. Uh, I'm, I'm, I hope everyone had a, a good week so far, uh, considering the coronavirus has got us um, pretty much locked down unless we are essential. Uh, thank goodness I am essential, so I get to get out in public a little bit. But any event, uh, I'm uh, super excited about this week's show, and uh, as we, as it's going to be uh, talking, we're going to be talking about the very first WrestleMania. Uh, considering um, what happened with the with the coronavirus, the uh, WrestleMania thirty um, <clears throat> WrestleMania thirty six has been uh, sent over to the Performance Center, and they uh, performed uh, put on the show in front of. No fans, but uh, right now I want to bring in my my cohort, co-conspirator, my tag team partner. I'm talking about Jeff Patton. Jeff, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Doing a little bit of working and uh, chilling at the house. Just can't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling, man. It's like, you know, I, I was just just talk, talking about how <clears throat> luckily a few a few of us are essential considered essential employees so we get to get out in public and still um you know feel like you're living versus you know feel like a prisoner in your own home yeah uh man this has been crazy hopefully uh hopefully only a few more weeks and this will be over with yeah that's what i'm hoping for because it's it's uh crazy and uh and, but but you know speaking of of just how much this this coronavirus has like shut down everything you know pro wrestling the biggest show of the year wrestlemania that's the one where they draw so many people and unfortunately because of the coronavirus wwe had to send the um wrestlemania this year uh to the performance center jeff what do you think about that yeah that's uh that's crazy but uh you know I mean, the only sport going right now, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. nothing else. Everything else is dead. So. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, did uh, you happen to? I know, I know you're a big race fan. Uh, did you happen to watch the um, the, uh, the the race that they done this past Sunday, like a virtual race? I have been watching some of the I racing, and it's pretty interesting. Um, that's the only racing you can watch, unless you want to watch some old. Uh, old NASCAR races, but, uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of that here recently and I, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not as good as the, the real thing, but, uh, um, I've been watching quite a bit of it and it seems like it's more action packed and uh, the racing's a lot better than, than the actual real NASCAR. So, yeah, I, I didn't catch the whole story, but I saw where, um, or I read somewhere where <clears throat> one of the drivers actually, uh, got in trouble for like wrecking somebody on that I race. What, what uh, did I, did you know anything about that? <laughs> I was, I heard something about it too, but uh, um, I haven't got to see the one from uh, the Bristol race this past weekend. I wasn't able to see that. I haven't seen that on YouTube yet, just the highlights, and I didn't look at that. Um, but I've actually been watching their actual. Um, it's now the Coca-Cola racing, uh, mm -hmm. racing series. Uh, I've been watching it and keeping up with it. And, uh, I should look back at some of the races from last year 
uh, during my downtime after I get off work, just something to do. And uh, uh, pretty cool. Uh, go back and look, man. If you like real, real you know, hard nose racing, I mean, go watch the Daytona and Talladega races. Man, they're, they're definitely uh, put on a better show than NASCAR does with those tracks. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I know my uh, father-in-law is actually a uh, NASCAR crew chief and, uh, I was at his house this past Sunday. We were having lunch together and, uh, he was, he was watching it and, and, uh, he was just, you know, he was talking about it and, uh, uh, and then that around about that time is, and I, you know, I, like I said, I don't watch it, so I don't know who, you know, everybody is, but, uh, he was talking about, you know, look at that guy and what was, what, what is he doing? And, and, uh, and I said, what happened? He was, well, he just wrecked that guy intentionally. I'm like, but they're playing a the video game. <laughs> so I made me laugh. But, 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 but from what I understand, the guy actually got fined by NASCAR for doing that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Either fine. Yeah. Either fine or you can't do it anymore. I, 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 like I said, I, I didn't hear the whole story, but, but, um, but yeah, I thought that was a uh, kind of funny, you know, that, that they'd done that. Um, man, but, uh, that would, uh, yeah, that would piss me off, man. Spend all that money for equipment. Oh throw yeah. Sorry. You out of, of iRace. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm, I'm sure those, those, those steering wheels and everything for that is not, it is not cheap. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm one to talk. I mean, uh, you know, uh, this, this podcast, I, um, I take pride in it and I enjoy it, but you know, Jeff, you, you've known me for almost 30 years now and you know me. Um, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. When, uh, when I was wrestling full time with, with you, I, you know, I went out and got, <clears throat> I got the same people that, that made the gear for Ric Flair and all the, all the NWA stars to make my gear when I really could have just got something cheap, but I wanted the best. And that's kind of how I went with my podcast. I've went out and spent, spent a quite a bit of money on equipment and, uh, because I, I want it to sound good and I, and I want the fans to, that, that my listeners to, uh, to go, wow, you know, that's, that, that's pretty good that, um, that, you know, that, that he's got that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things and I enjoy it, but, but I'm, I'm really excited about this week's podcast as we are going to be talking about the very first WrestleMania, uh, that took place March 31st, 1985 at, in New York city at Madison square garden. Uh, with the main event being Mr. T and Hulk Hogan against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper, um, but Jeff, I know um, I know there, there there was other matches on that card that was really good too, and we're going to get into that right now on this uh, on this edition of the Binge Buster Show, talking about WrestleMania One. Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. So Jeff, um, starting out with this with uh, with uh, WrestleMania one, before we get into the show, um, I done a little research and and I, 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 right now I want to entertain the crowd, uh, the, the listeners and you too, of course, Jeff. Um, so looking back, I done my research and WrestleMania um, was you know it, it was a huge event. Vince, Vince McMahon put a lot of thought in, you know into WrestleMania, but what what fans got to understand. What what made WrestleMania, um, in my opinion, was not Vince McMahon. It was Dusty Rhodes because before WrestleMania, the NWA had their Starcade. Starcade was the biggest event of the year, and so they had eighty three and eighty four. <clears throat> but by eighty five, Vince McMahon was starting to see how big that pay per view uh, from Jim Crockett Promotion Starcade was, and he he had to come up with something, you know, 
uh, that that could compete with it or be bigger. Um, and of course, as as we saw as the years went by, WrestleMania is like the biggest um, the biggest event of the year. But Jeff, before it was called WrestleMania, Vince had another name that he was going to call it. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yes, I am. It was uh, going to be called the Colossal Tussle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is. <laughs> could you imagine? This is the colossal tossle thirty-seven. You know, <laughs> I'm 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 so glad that they didn't. Uh, that you know they changed the name. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't Vince McMahon that came up with the name WrestleMania. It was actually Howard Finkel, the ring announcer. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was actually Howard Finkel and uh, George Scott. They they uh, they uh, came up with the uh, with the idea of WrestleMania, which I thought was uh, was really cool. And and and, and of course, uh, at that time, Hulkamania was really big. So so it, you know, with Hulkamania and WrestleMania, you know, the uh, two to, you know put the two and two together it was definitely box office draw. Yeah, and wasn't George Scott the Booker for the Crockett? Before, yeah, yep, uh, he Dusty sure was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. he was the Booker and Crockett. Uh, I believe that he left Crockett Promotions around '84, um, right after Dusty came in, and or '83, <clears throat> and went up to WWE, and that's and that's pretty much where he, where he's at, or you know where where he was at. Um, another interesting fact during WrestleMania, um, the the uh, uh, several wrestlers from WrestleMania actually performed um, in Atlanta the morning before WrestleMania, because if if you guys remember. Uh, up until 85, um, around 85, Vince McMahon actually purchased, um, Georgia championship wrestling from the, from, uh, from Ole, uh, was Ole Anderson and, um, I'm sorry, not Ole, but, um, um, oh man, I can't think of the names, the brothers, um, the Briscoe brothers, you know, they, 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 they were part owners of Georgia championship wrestling and they ended up selling their part to Vince McMahon. And so, so the day before WrestleMania on on uh, Superstation TBS, um, at that time, uh, that that was during the final days of Vince McMahon owning that time slot. He uh, he sent up he sent Ricky Steamboat, Brutus Beefcake, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, King Kong Bundy, Greg Valentine, David San Martino, uh, and Gorilla Monsoon up to uh, or down to Atlanta to uh, to do this la- you know last couple of TV tapings. Um, and then fly back to New York the very next day to uh, to do WrestleMania. Could you imagine that? Well, that's uh, that's hard to believe. Yeah, and then another thing that was crazy was the the main eventers, the stars of WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Um, they uh, Vince sent them to Saturday Night Live to uh, to host it. Uh, but the, the crazy thing was with with um, with Saturday Night Live, it's live. And it's taped, you know, they, they start taping at 1130. Um, and then there was a curtain call uh, for 1 a.m. So Saturday Night Live hosts would go from 1130. You know, they had to be there by 1130. And then it started taping it at 1 a.m. And then they they, they, leave, they leave at 2 a.m. But but now, you know, back then, I'm, you, know, you know, they went out and partied, went out to a club or whatever. So. That had to be that. That had to definitely take its toll on Mr. T and uh, Hulk Hogan. Most definitely, and I wonder where they would where they filmed that from. 
Uh, I'm sure it was in New York. Um, at, okay. You know, I'm sure it was in New York, but but still the fact of them being out, you know, that late at night or early in the morning and having to be, you know, back at, you know, at Madison Square Garden to, to start this WrestleMania was um, was crazy. Um, another interesting thing, uh, this is going to really blow your mind, because <clears throat> I, I get like this sometimes when I'm at a show, but I, but I you know, imagine 1985. So Jesse the Body Ventura had just transitioned into a color commentator. Uh, he was re- replacing um, Angelo Mosca, who was actually um, uh, re- uh, announcing with uh, with uh, Gorilla Monsoon, and uh, Gorilla Monsoon actually had to um, he had to hold Ventura up by the back of his jacket because he was so nervous <laughs> about doing this uh, this uh, WrestleMania. I mean, could you imagine Jesse Ventura of all people being nervous? I I can't imagine that. Um, yeah, I can't imagine that either. Nope. Now, now this next fact is going to blow your mind because I, I, I'm going to give you my opinion of this wrestler, and I want your opinion too. But Tito Santana, he wrestled in the very first match of WrestleMania, uh, and he wrestled against the max the masked executioner who who actually was Buddy Rose, um, and that was the uh, and, and of course Tito Santana won that match, but do you know that that's the only time that Tito Santana won a match at a WrestleMania? All the other ones he lost. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and he, I know he won with the uh, figure four leg lock, and I think it was kind of a uh, 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 rib at uh, Greg Valentine, who he was in a feud with at the time. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right on that, um, but I, I thought that was um, kind of neat. Now you're gonna love this one. This is this sounds like something that <clears throat> that I would have done back in back in my younger days. Probably probably do it now too. But uh, now I'm a little more laid back. But SD Jones was uh, wrestling King Kong Bundy, and the match was supposed to last nine seconds. It's supposed to be a nine second squash match. Well. Um, it didn't go nine seconds. It was more like 24 seconds. And King Kong Bundy says that he thinks that SD Jones did that intentionally because he didn't want to lose so quickly. So he, he got, you know, it was like a rib back at Bundy for, you know, trying to beat him in nine seconds. What what do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to lose a match at WrestleMania in nine seconds either. Nope. Well, <laughs> now, humiliating. now I, I would, Jeff, because – the reason why I say I would, I'd go to Vince and I'd say, Vince, you beat me in three seconds. I don't care, but how much are you paying me? <laughs> you know, how, how much, how much is my check going to be? You know, cause Hey, it all pays as, as, as my good friend, George South always says, Hey, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, it's how much you make. And, and, you know, and I, I've heard stories from George about, you know, he says, people say, well, you got beaten and, you know, five seconds by Magnum TA. And George always says, yeah, but you know something? When I went to the bank the next morning, my uh, bank lady didn't ask me, uh, you know, how long did it did it take you to make this money? He said, that's the quickest money I made. He's, he said, he used to say, when I when I would get to, to the booking, to look at the booking sheet and see I was working Magnum TA, I knew I was going get, to get beaten five seconds. So I knew I was going to be okay <laughs> and, 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 and still get paid the same as I was getting paid wrestling the Road Warriors and getting killed. So, so that, that, that's kind of how I'd look at that. But I do see where you're coming from as far as, you know, this is, the, this is WrestleMania, the first show, and 
of course, your legacy now, or S.D. Jones's legacy is, you know, this is the man that got beat the quickest at WrestleMania. Yeah. Now, the, this next one is is um, the, this next fact uh, you, you, you're gonna you're gonna love this, Jeff. Um, Ricky Steamboat had just debuted um, in the WWE four weeks before WrestleMania, and so they end up putting him um, in the uh, in there against um, Maniac Matt Bourne, and I, I I thought they had a really good match. Yeah, and uh, hard to believe the Vince let him. The maniac Matt Bourne, and then of course years later, he made him be Doink the Clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and beat him with his uh, famous high cross body off the top rope. Yep, I mean that thing was you know there, there's there's two uh, Steamboat does a lot, but there's two things that Steamboat does that I could watch him do all day long, and that is the arm drag and a high cross body off the top. Yep. Those are so great. Now, Jeff, uh, talking back uh, right here, r- real quick about Vince, or I'm sorry, about Ricky Steamboat leaving, uh, you know, coming to the WWE four weeks earlier. Now, he, Steamboat was a big star in Jim Crockett promotions. You know, you look back, him and Jay Youngblood were a great tag team, uh, feuding with the with the Briscoe brothers, <clears throat> and um, and then of course uh, uh, Steamboat had had a great run with Tully Blanchard, but uh, do you know the reason why Steamboat left Crockett Promotions? Actually, I do not. Okay, so the reason why he left was he was having creative differences with Dusty Rhodes. Um, before Dusty became the Booker, uh, uh, Steamboat was on his way, you know, to 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 be like the top babyface there. But once Dusty came in, Dusty put himself in that position, and uh, and and thus Steamboat. Didn't you know he 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 didn't like the way he was being used, so he went to WWE, which in fact I think was probably the best move for Steamboat because I think he went to WWE at the perfect time. Yeah, for for Steamboat, yeah, but uh, then of course we wouldn't have his great feud he had with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that was a good, that was that was a really good matter of fact. I I think that one. Is always going to be the best match at WrestleMania. Any WrestleMania, I'm I'm putting my 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 favorite match is going to be WrestleMania three, Ricky Steamboat and uh, Randy Savage. That was yeah, just you, that was just a great yeah, that's match. Got my vote. Yeah, that's got my vote there. Now here is something that that you're gonna you're gonna love. You're gonna love this story. So, um, Mr. T, you know, was booked in the main event. Well, as you know. Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff were not happy about Mr. T coming in because they had spent years and years and years, you know, getting himself over and doing, putting in all the work and the miles and the, and the sacrifice of pro wrestling. And now here's this outsider who's nothing more than a Hollywood actor, um, is now coming in and going to be quote one of the boys and in the main event and probably making more money than what they were making. So there was heat there. And um, so anyway, Mr. T, um, just, just, just minutes or hours before, um, be, you know, before the match, um, he was going to leave. And um, Hogan had to talk him out of it, you know, and, 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 and uh, smooth things over with him 
because Mr. T said, no, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this because I know what's going to happen. Piper and Orndorff are going to shoot on me. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, you know, <laughs> here's here's Mr. T, the, the, the toughest man on television, but he's scared of, uh, you know, he's scared of Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper, uh, afraid of them hurting him you know, during the match. Crazy, and now here here's the last uh, here's the last inside fascinating thing that I, I want to share, um, and then we're we're gonna get into the show. But um, so, and th- and Jeff, as a promoter, you and I both have been here before. <clears throat> but Vince McMahon told all his guys, said, "Listen, WrestleMania is gonna be a make it or break it for me. If it does great, then we're gonna go on to do great things. But if it doesn't do great," Well, that, that's the end of, of the WWF. And, uh, you know, luckily, uh, you know, it, it drew good. What, 19,000 people in the garden and over 400,000 fans across the country bought uh, the closed circuit um, production of WrestleMania and thus made it, uh, made it a success. And now, you know, 36 years later, uh, WrestleMania is still the, the number one uh, wrestling event of the year. And uh, so I think that I think that that was pretty uh, a big gamble on his part, but it definitely paid off. Yeah, most definitely did. All right, Jeff. Well, let's get into um, to WrestleMania one. Um, uh, let's you know first. I want to get get your you know from from your perspective. Uh, WrestleMania one was 1985, so I know you you were like myself, a young kid. Uh, as a kid, what what was like some of your uh, memories of of something that you look forward to from WrestleMania. Um, I guess it was just the the, the matches themselves. Um, yeah, I think in '85 at that time uh, we didn't have cable. Um, I'm trying to think when. It seemed like it was. I don't know. At some time in mid-85, I think it was after the first WrestleMania uh, when we first uh, had cable. Um, and uh, so I wasn't able to see any WWF or WWE, uh, however you want to say it. I wasn't able to see any of those guys back then. Um, you know, all we saw was the NWA uh, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling and then the uh, Worldwide Wrestling. But... Uh, um, I, just once I got cable, uh, watched any wrestling program that was on TV. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, the matches and who would wrestle who and uh, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, I I know when I was a kid growing up, I'm like you. You know, we didn't we didn't quite have cable yet. So um, there was a local uh, channel there in uh, Greensboro where I lived at the time. Uh, it was channel 45. And then channel forty eight, and I could pick up um, uh, WWF superstars, and that's that's kind of how I, you know, that that was the old show. Whenever it would come on, um, it would uh, it, it would sit there and play uh, Thriller and have Hulk Hogan walk into the ring, and uh, and so that that was a cool, and and that that's kind of how I got introduced to the WWF. Uh, my grandfather, and my dad introduced me to Jim Crockett Promotions, and that was like the only wrestling that I watched. And then when I found started finding other shows like you know wwf and world class now now i'm like man there's a lot of wrestling and and jeff i'll tell you something else that that blows my mind when i was a little kid like 10 years old i I love wrestling i watched it all the time right 
And in my mind, I said, wouldn't it be so cool if there was just a channel that played nothing but wrestling? And thus, 40 years later, uh, we got the WWE Network. So I had the vision, Vince McMahon. <laughs> I had the vision a long time ago, but just I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to put it together. But, but, um, but man, it's so so cool. So now, you know, as I'm older, now I get to go back to my childhood and 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 go on to the WWE Network and and watch some of this old stuff, and it brings back memories. But 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 for me, uh, WrestleMania after it came out. I remember going to the um, to the local uh, magazine store, and they had just started renting VHSs. And Jeff, it took me; it had to have been three or four months to get to watch WrestleMania, because um, I remember that year uh, they had the, the the VHS came out. It was WrestleMania and Starcade '85, and every Friday night, my dad would take me there to rent it, and it would always be out, and. So one Tuesday, I guess early in the week, Monday or Tuesday, I told my dad, I said, hey, let's go down to the store and uh, see if that wrestling tapes are in. And luckily, they both were in. So dad rented both of them for me, and I just came back home, and I just watched them, and I was just like, man, this is so cool. Um, but but the, the interesting thing about WrestleMania 1, you know, now we got the pyro and all the, you know, the, the lights and all that. But back then, we didn't have that. It was If you watch it, it reminds me, it, it was basically like a house show. Um, but it was, there, were, there was definitely some, some excitement going on, especially with, with uh, some of the, um, the, uh, the, the uh, celebrity guests that were, that were on hand, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So now, now, Jeff, uh, tell tell us who who some of the um who who some of the celebrity guests were for that. Great, you know, I did. I'm sorry, Tony. That's the notes I didn't do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have the I have the matches. Uh huh. Um, but I didn't uh, I didn't get any uh, celebrity names. Okay. Well, the um, uh, the well for you know uh, first off the uh the the I guess the main celebrity that that was really promoting uh, WrestleMania. Was Cindy Lauper, you know, she was, yeah. um, you know, she was on the Saturday night's main event and, uh, was, was really, you know, really instrumental on, on getting, you know, the MTV with the WWF. And, uh, I, th- I thought that was kind of neat, but, uh, Liberace was there and he was the guest timekeeper. Uh, Muhammad Ali was the guest referee. And if you go back and watch, speaking of Muhammad Ali, if you go back and watch, I heard a, a shoot interview with uh, Roddy Piper and he said that uh that during his mat during that match he was you know back then he was protecting the business so he was kayfabing everybody even Muhammad Ali and he said that Muhammad Ali uh took a shot at him and he almost got him he said if, if he'd have connected he probably would knock me out but um but I, th- I thought that was a cool inside story but uh and Billy Martin uh was a was a guest ring announcer and of course like I said Cindy Lauper uh was uh was a manager for uh for Wendy Richter and uh so so that that was the um that that, that was our celebrity guest um during that time though Jeff uh, okay and Mr T of course in the main event but um 1985 there 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 was like a lot of um Mr T was no no doubt like probably one of the hottest actors in Hollywood at that time he had um he he had a, a couple of good uh, box office movies DC Cab that was the first time I saw Mr T. Um, then he was in Rocky, and then of course the A Team. And around '85, man, Mr. T was everywhere. I mean, he was everywhere. He 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 even done a um, a guest appearance on on different strokes. Yeah, I remember that too. Definitely remember that. And uh, yeah, I just 
love the Golden A Team. That was one of my favorite shows. Uh, oh man, mine when too. When I was growing up, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know, every uh, during the week, man, the, some of the uh, I know we get off subject here a little bit, but but uh, there, you know, and 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 on nights, some of the coolest shows was like Airwolf, Mister T. I mean, the A Team, uh, Simon and Simon, Magnum PI. I mean, from some really good police police movies, you know, detective movies were out, uh, crime crime type movies and. But but man, I'm, I'm you know, eighteen was up there as as one, one of my favorites as well. Yeah, and I know uh, I think it came on Friday night when I was going to school or as a kid, and yep. I remember when you got to school Monday morning, that was the first thing everybody talked about. What happened on the eighteen? Yep, <laughs> yep, it's crazy. So so Jeff, uh, WrestleMania one, uh, what was the actual attendance on that? Um, I did get that nineteen thousand one hundred and twenty one. Man. And I have an interesting fact. Do you know who sang the national anthem? I actually saw him sing the national anthem and I was laughing. Was it Mean Gene? Yes, it was. Oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> oh Mean Gene. You know, but you know, Mean Mean Gene he has some he has some pipes on him now. You know, uh I, I you know, a lot of times I hear my voice and I'm like, man, if I could just talk like Mean Gene, I I can make a lot of money instead of, you know. But but um, you know, talking about Mean Gene singing, it takes you back. You know, of course, this is after WrestleMania, but when they started doing the uh, the wrestling albums, and Mean Gene was on there and he sang Tutti Fruity. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? That was great. <laughs> he did Tutti Fruity, and uh. Matter of fact, I think that was right after WrestleMania uh, was uh, when they uh, put out that album, and then uh, in '87 they had Wrestle the, the the wrestling album two called Pile Driver, and I think that was the best one. It had some some cool songs, the Honky Tonk Man, of course, the title track Pile Driver, but by Coco Beware. But but you know during '85, Vince McMahon was starting to the the WWF was really starting to to blossom out um, and and go complete mainstream you know they were starting to do action figures and ice cream bars and the cartoons and uh it was really getting big and 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 all that comes from wrestlemania yes it, yes it does so now jeff let's let's talk about some of the matches um uh, i know i know we touched on it a, earlier a little bit but uh the very opening match was uh tito santana uh, versus the executioner, who was actually Buddy Rose under a hood, but um, uh, that match lasted four minutes and forty nine seconds, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which which was a great match. Uh, what what are your thoughts on on Tito Santana as as a as a as a wrestler or worker? I thought he was really great, a great uh, performer. Um, he was definitely over as a as a you know baby face. Um, uh, intercontinental champion. Um, he was tag team champion with uh, Rick Martel. Mm -hmm. uh, they were strike force. Um, but yeah, I actually uh, really did like Tito. Uh, great, great worker. Yeah, I, I've I've seen interviews before uh, with uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, and Kevin Nash, and and they always talk about you know all you know the the one thing they want they uh. They uh, all they want is just the uh, Tito thing, and when you hear wrestlers talk about the Tito thing, the Tito thing is Tito Santana. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but he he had a long career with the WWF. 
Now, I know we, we talked about how he didn't win at WrestleMania, but it, it, it doesn't matter if you win and losing. You got a paycheck. You got a job. Uh, back in those days, wrestlers were just bouncing from territory to territory to territory. But Tito was there, for, you know, a good ten years, and 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 he was he was in uh, you know the, the limelight. He, you know, he he was he was in some 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 really great angles. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he definitely was just uh, flying burrito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, I remember the uh, when they made him El Mata, the Matador, and that was kind of silly. But yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think at that point in time, he was you know he was kind of doing whatever he could do to stay there a little bit longer. He he knew at this time, Vince was starting to to go with new faces and new stuff, and um, so I think that's why he he tried that. But uh, but in any event, I mean, I thought Tito Santana was a was a was a solid performer, uh, fun to watch. And uh, had the most beautiful uh, flying forearm I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. But uh, now it takes us to uh, the second, the next match on WrestleMania: um, King Kong Bundy with Jimmy Hart uh, versus Special Delivery Jones. And the match was supposed to last nine seconds. It actually went twenty-five seconds. Um, but um, you know that that match. You know, what, what's your thoughts on it? Um. Uh, Bundy won with the big splash, and if I'm not mistaken, he made the ref count to five. Or yeah, did he? I can't yeah, remember. five. Yeah, I, yeah that, that was all. Yeah, he did it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that. his deal. And and you know that, that those kind of matches are great and all, but I just feel like those matches are just kind of throwaway fill-in matches for time. Um, but hey, two guys are getting a payday. You know, Jimmy Hart's definitely getting one because he's coming out there <laughs> more than once. Um, so the next match, I think, was was a really solid old school uh, Crockett style match. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Matt Bourne, and of course, at this time, Ricky's not known as the Dragon yet. He's still just Ricky Steamboat. But um, they had a great match. It lasted four minutes thirty eight seconds. But looking back at it as a kid, it felt like it lasted longer. But it was a really good match. Uh, yes, and the one with the high cross body off the top rope did yep. uh, Steamboat. And, of course, we talked about earlier, Matt Bourne uh, went on to be uh, Doink the Clown, and then uh, he spent a stint in WCW as Big Josh. Yeah, I remember that, Big Josh. That that was kind of like, I was like, whoa. But, you know, I remember um, Matt Bourne in World Class, you know, World Class Championship Wrestling. Yep. He, 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 yeah, he, had, he had a good run too. there, too. Sure did. Yeah, did. Now the next match was was good, and at this time, um, he he was kind of new on the scene, even though he really he'd been around for a while. But Brutus Beefcake with his manager Luscious Johnny Valiant versus David San Martino with uh, Bruno San Martino. Uh, this match ends in a double disqualification. It lasted eleven minutes forty four seconds. Um, I think at that time Brutus Beefcake with his with his his outfits and and his look, uh, and with Johnny Valiant, who who with the, you know, the the Valiants were were no, notorious for great tag team, uh, him and our and our and our good friend Jimmy, um, you know they were multi WWF World Tag Team Champions. So so it was only fitting to see Johnny Valiant as a manager and with Brutus Beefcake. Beefcake was young, um, 
but during 85 he had that look um he, he, you know he kind of wore like like the the same kind of tights that a lot of the heavy metal rock and rollers like Motley Crue and Poison were wearing at the time so he so he was he was relevant um with with his image uh what do you think about this match though uh yeah i saw bits and pieces of it um there a while ago and yeah it was really good uh i thought david san martino I mean, you got to think, his father was probably one of the top ten greatest wrestlers to ever live, uh, to, to ever be in the business. And that's uh, that's quite a, you know, that's big shoes to fill. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I thought David was a, a solid uh, worker, in, 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 you know, when he came in and uh, um, just never didn't get the big uh, push uh, like his father did. Yeah. Now the the next match, I I really enjoyed this one because um because this guy was always one of my favorites as a kid. The junkyard dog uh was um was was going after the WWF Intercontinental Title uh, against champion Greg Valentine with Jimmy Hart. Uh, this match lasted six minutes and fifty five seconds uh, with a uh, with a count out. Uh, Greg Valentine gets counted out, thus holding on to the title. Uh, Jeff, what what is your opinion of Junkyard Dog? Um, I loved him, but I mean, as far as a performer goes, I mean, he he could work the crowd. He he kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of um, Dusty Rhodes in a way because I mean, you know, Dusty could perform in the ring. But he really, you know, I mean, you, Dusty wasn't a smooth worker like, uh, you know, a Ricky Steamboat or a, a Barry Windham or a, a Ric Flair or anybody like that. But uh, he knew how to knew how to get the crowd into it. Um, but I, I like you, I love the Junkyard Dog, and I just have to say something. That intercontinental title was so ugly back then. That green oh, that leather and green with with the with the trophy shop. Yeah, the trophy, the, the trophy, yeah. trophy yeah. shop medal. Uh huh. Yeah, Vince wasn't spending a lot of money on belts back then, but um, and 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 that takes us takes us to whenever they brought it, like after um, Valentine dropped that title to uh, Tito Santana. Remember, Valentine destroyed the belt, thinking, "Well, I'll have yeah. it." Nobody, and he tore it up. And then, of course, then they come out with that really pretty uh, intercontinental title that uh, that they had that that. A lot of, all through the eighties and nineties, um, but I thought that was that was a kind of cool way to get rid of that belt. Just have Valentine tear, you know, break it, you know, break it to pieces. And I don't blame him for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now the next match uh, is is really cool. Um, it's uh, a, a, another tag team from the NWA, uh, but now they are the WWF Tag Team Champions. I'm talking about Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Uh, their manager was Captain Lou Albano, and they defended the titles against um, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik with classy Freddie Blassie. Um, great tag team match. I really enjoyed uh, this match. Uh, it lasted six minutes and fifty six seconds, and uh, the Valent. I'm sorry, um, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik uh, win the titles. Whenever the Iron Sheik actually knocks, he uh, breaks. Um, uh, Freddie Blassie's cane over uh, Barry Windham's head. Yes, 
and uh, the little Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo are uh, Mike is their uh, brother-in-laws. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Mike married uh, Barry's uh, sister. Right. And and some of you listeners out there that, that may not know some of you old schoolers, um, Barry Windham is actually the son of the great Blackjack Mulligan. Um, so, and of course, before he was Barry Windham, he was known as Blackjack Mulligan Jr. And, uh, but, you know, Barry's a great guy. I, I actually got a chance to hang out with Barry uh, a few months back. And, uh, of course, everyone knows I have a, a really cool pair of cowboy boots. And they're just like the ones Barry and Dusty and all of them used to wear on TV. And, of course, I went and showed them to Barry. And he was like, man, th- 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 those are bad boots. Uh, he liked them. And, uh, uh, but, but, you know, that that match was was I think one of the greatest tag team matches on uh on on this card. Um, it had great heat, of course. In '85, you know, America was was all, you know, uh, we were kind of not really at war, but 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 we we were definitely having issues with uh, with Russia. Uh, so I think the all American tag team of Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, um, with uh you know. And this little feud with with Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, I mean, that was great heat. Yeah, definitely. And uh, another full side, of course, we all know Mike Rotundo is the father of uh, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, um, you know, uh, Barry and Mike were excellent in the ring, uh, and Volkov and Iron Iron Sheik in his day was really good. Volkov, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a great match anyway. Um, and of course, the U.S. Express, the crowd was behind them, uh, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah, definite, um, definite, um, all American. You know, I, I can remember back in those days, you go to a wrestling show, you you uh, you heard two chants. It was either USA or rock and roll, and that was that was a two that you always heard, and and they always were just uh, man, just, it was just amazing time. Uh, our next uh, our next match is a special attraction. Um, it's a career versus fifteen thousand dollars, a body slam challenge. Uh, Andre the Giant, the eighth wonder of the world, against Big John Stud with his manager Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, I think Bobby had just kind of started with the WWF around this time, so at this point he wasn't he wasn't managing you know the whole roster <laughs> like like he did years <laughs> later. But uh, but Andre Giant against Big John Stud in the Body Slam Challenge, and of course Andre Body Slams Big John Stud, and then he grabs the bag of money and starts chunking the money to the crowd. Uh, but then Bobby Heenan is, a- is able to to steal the bag back, and they you know, run away with, re- with with what's left of the money. But um, a good match, you know. I mean, what what really can you do with somebody like Andre the Giant and Big John Stud? You know. Yeah, and uh, I heard uh, in shoot interviews those guys really didn't like each other. Yeah, I've heard that uh, too. For some for some reason, uh, Andre never did like John Stud. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of funny stories from Andre. <clears throat> One of the funniest ones I ever heard was um, when Andre was working with uh, the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior would go a 1,000 miles an hour, but Andre liked to go slow. You know, slow is better, and, and I agree with him. You know, you got there, uh, some, of your, some of you young wrestlers starting out right now, listen, if you, 
I got this advice from Ricky Morton, and it's so true. If you think you're going slow, go slower. That's that's the main thing because when you get out there and you start going, you know, really fast, number one, you're going to confuse the people because they're not going to understand what you're doing. You're going to get hurt or hurt the guy you're working with. Um, so don't go so slow. Take your time. Tell the story. Don't don't rush it. Don't rush it. Um, but but the funny story I heard was um, Ultimate Warriors, you know, run a hundred thousand miles an hour. Well, Andre used to like to get clothesline three times, boom, 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 and on the third one he would you know stagger back, fall, and get tripped up in the ropes. You know, his arms in the ropes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this particular night, Andre's or Ultimate Warriors running really fast, and uh, Andre told Bobby Heenan, he said, "Tonight, he does that." I'm going to hurt him. <coughs> Excuse me. So, sure enough, he did it. And uh, Bobby Heenan was telling the story. And he said that uh, he was at ringside. He, he sees him coming. He, he hits him, and he, and he doesn't go slow. And he says, Andre, looks at Bobby Heenan and goes, he's dead. <laughs> and he said he comes running at him again to go to give the clothesline. And instead of taking the clothesline, Andre just stuck his fist out. And Ultimate Warrior ran right into his fist. Bobby Heenan said he hit it so hard it busted his makeup. He said the next night, uh, Ultimate Warrior was like tiptoeing across the ring. <laughs> so Andre <laughs> taught him a lesson. <coughs> and then uh, I think it's Jake the Snake Roberts tells a story how one time Andre just sat on him in the ring and wouldn't let him up. You know, just showing them, hey, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. You listen to what I say, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, unfortunately, me, Jeff, I never got to see Andre the Giant uh, live, wrestle live. I wish I had him. He's, he, he's probably one of the ones that I wish I, I, I would have got to see uh, growing up. Unfortunately, I didn't. But you can only imagine, uh, you know, how, how, how big this guy was seeing him come out. Yeah, I'm with you there. That was one that I definitely uh, would have loved to have seen uh, before he passed away. Yeah, he was a he was one of a kind. That's for sure. He and the, and the people that have known him, um, if he liked you, he would call you boss. If he didn't refer to you as boss, then he he didn't care for you. And I also heard stories that um, he didn't uh, like referees in the locker room. He would kick referees out. And he'd say, you go, you go, because he felt like the only people that belonged in the locker room were wrestlers. He was very old school and protected the business, that's for sure. Uh, which now takes us to our uh, semi-main event of WrestleMania. Wendy Richter, the the um, uh, the challenger with Cindy Lauper against the champion, the fabulous Moolah, for the WWF Women's Championship. This match went six minutes, 13 seconds with uh, Wendy Richter uh, winning the title. I'm sorry, I, I said it wrong. It was Lalani Kai with the Fabulous Moolah against Wendy Richter. Um, and, of course, Wendy Richter uh, wins the title. What do, what do you think about this match? Um, it was actually pretty good. Um, and I guess that was the handing over the torch uh Moolah was about out and about ready to retire, and uh, she handed the torch over to Wendy Richter, who would carry the the uh, women's uh, uh, class of uh, 
you know, the WWF at the time uh, through the 80s. You know, I was watching something on YouTube a couple weeks ago, and I found this interview with uh, Wendy Richter, and there was actually real heat between Wendy Richter and the Fabulous Moolah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Wendy was not happy. Uh, she felt like, uh, of course, Mo- back then, Moolah, uh, I think Moolah ran like a little wrestling school down in South Carolina, and she would get all these female wrestlers and bring them to the WWF and, and do these do these things. And, and I think somehow or another she got angry or she got upset at, at, at Wendy Richter and got her fired or told, told her, I, I, don't, I can't remember the whole story, but I do know that, that there was actually real heat um, between Wendy Richter and uh, the Fabulous Moolah, which is, which is kind of crazy. But, um, but yeah, definitely there. Uh, but now, now we're, we're going to our main event. Uh, this is the big match of WrestleMania. This is the one that everybody came to see. The uh, WWF champion Hulk Hogan and uh, Mr. T with Jimmy Superfly Snuka taking on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper with Cowboy Bob Orton. Um, it's a tag team match with uh, Muhammad Ali um, as a special referee and Pat Patterson was actually the the um, the referee inside the ring. They put Muhammad Ali outside the ring. Um, Jeff, what what was your thoughts on this on this big match? Um, to me, it was it was already five. <laughs> yeah, I it, mean, there was a guy who, um, man, the pen. I remember um, he had a group. Uh, played bagpipes as he and uh, Orndorff and uh, Bob Orton came to the ring, and that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Piper man, Piper was such a huge deal back in the eighties. Um, people just don't realize. I mean, that man was so hated. I, I, I actually saw when uh, after the match was over, um, there was a fan that actually um, struck at Piper and hit him on the back. I mean, he was so hated. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing that as as uh, as he was walking out. Uh, some fan slapped him on the back, and Piper turned around like, "Oh, knock you in next week." Um, and and also, I think during that time, uh, Piper uh, had a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, what what I didn't realize as a kid, <clears throat> but Roddy Piper was the number one heel in the WWF. And yeah, uh, but the only time that Piper really uh, worked a angle with Hulk Hogan was during this time. And if you notice, this was a tag team match. It wasn't a singles match. Um, I feel like that Piper, uh, didn't want to do a program with Hulk Hogan because but let's, let's face it back then. If you worked Hogan, you were getting beat, you know, you, you wasn't getting over, you wasn't winning the title. Uh, you were just going to be his, you know, get, get in there. He got a little heat, you get a little heat on him, but he makes his he hulks up, makes his comeback, shoots you in the ropes. Uh, it's three punches, shoot you in, boot, leg drop. We go home, and the people get the people's happy. But you, as a character, uh, you you just got beat by Hulk Hogan. Now, yeah, 
you and I would look at that like, okay, well, we, we just made some money. Who cares? But back in those days, um, wrestlers didn't have contracts. They were paid on how they were over or how they were hated. Um, and I think Piper never actually wanted to do a full program with Hulk Hogan just, just because of that simple fact. Wouldn't you feel the same way, Jeff, that um, that that's probably why Piper never done an angle with, with Hulk Hogan? Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I've heard a lot of uh, in a lot of shoot interviews is Hogan has always been about Hogan and nobody else. And I totally agree. Um, Piper would have been an excellent world champion. Uh, but, you know, we knew that never happened. Uh, Piper... Uh, Ted DiBiase, I, I mean, I'm going to sit here and name all the guys that should oh, have yeah. been the world champion. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that never were because Hogan. Yeah. You know, Hogan wouldn't wouldn't drop a pin to him. Um, so, but uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the match, uh, let's see, the finish, I uh, believe um, Bob Orton, came off the top rope and was going to hit Hogan. Hogan ducked and ended up nailing um, Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff, and yep. Paul Orndorff got pinned by Hogan. And then they jumped Paul Orndorff after the match. Uh, Orton and Piper did. Yep. Yeah, out of that, they end up turning Paul Orndorff babyface for a little bit. And... Um, and after WrestleMania, Paul Orndorff, um, you know, was uh, was was a babyface for a little bit, and then he ended up turning on Hulk Hogan, at, on at, you know, and um, and going back heel, which I I feel like Paul Orndorff makes a, a whole lot better heel than a, than a babyface anyway. He has that look, um, and the stories I've heard, uh, he's you know he he liked to hit pretty hard, and and um, and so so definitely Orndorff as a as a babyface. Uh, I wasn't buying too much, but definitely as a heel, great heel. Um, but but you know, all in all, I I enjoyed WrestleMania one. You know, I look back at it and you know there 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 was there was no no laser lights and no explode you know no pyro nothing like that. But the matches were solid uh, for the time. Uh, the the crowd loved it and uh, it was a, it was a definite success because now thirty six years later we're still having WrestleManias. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, I enjoyed the show. Um, it's been a while since I've actually watched it all the way through, and I may end up this week taking time to do that. And uh, um, But uh, just the bits and pieces that I saw earlier today of it, uh, yeah, it looks like it was a, a very good show, a lot of good matches, and uh Still, a lot of uh, feuds weren't settled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, they go on to the next town, and uh, so I'm just glad. I'm just glad that that it, that it's WrestleMania and not the colossal. What was it? The colossal. The, the colossal tossel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would have been a terrible, yeah, a terrible I name. I agree with you on that one. I'm so glad that that is not that. That's that's for sure. So, well, uh, all in all, you know, it was it was, it was a great uh, it was a great show. And um, years later, 
uh, we're still doing, you know, they're, they're, they're still doing WrestleManias and, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've been to, um, o- over the years, I've, I've been to some bunkhouse stampedes. I've been to the great American bash. I've been to Starcade. Um, I've been to uh, wrestle war. So I've, I've been to a, a few, um, pay-per-views, but one I've never, I've never got to attend is a WrestleMania. And I, I'm hoping maybe one day, uh, I, I may go, I really, I really want to go to a WrestleMania, not for WrestleMania, but I want to go for the Hall of Fame. I, I love that. I love how they how they show homage to to, to the to the guys that's paid the way, um, the old timers, if you will. Um, you know, uh, that that's one thing I, I definitely enjoyed. And then on top of that, I know uh, they have a thing called All Access, where you can go there. It's like a little museum, so you get to see some of the uh, old ring ring attire and belts and stuff like that. And, I wish I I wish I'd went to the one a few years back when they had all the Ric Flair robes on on display. I think that that would have been a really cool one to see. Yeah, it definitely would be. Um, I don't know. You never know. Maybe one day, maybe they'll do a WrestleMania uh, around our area one day, and uh, we'll be able to go uh, go see it. Uh, I think I've only been to one or two WWE shows or WWF shows. Mm-hmm. Um, went to the one we went to in Greensboro. But I say, yeah, you, you, you and I went to one. We were on the second row. We had great seats. I remember I got high five by Triple H. I thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, what was that? That was, that was a six man. It was a six man match, right? It was uh, uh Triple H, yeah. Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair against yeah. Edge, Randy Orton, and somebody. Can't remember who the other guy one of was. The Spirit Squad. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Of course, it. they left that poor guy in there to take the sledgehammer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was a really, that was that was a really great show. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and I took my son to one in Raleigh. I, I guess it's been about three years ago, maybe. Yep. And I can't even I can't even remember. I mean, who well, was on it? So. Me, me, and you and your and me, me and you and your son went to a um, Monday Night Raw too, didn't we? In Charlotte. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that too. So that's three I've been to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. I know a few years ago, uh, the uh, the road to WrestleMania, they would take the little house show and go around, and some of the matches that you're going to see at WrestleMania, they would, would kind of give you a little tease of it. And I remember <clears throat> when I first started dating my wife a few years back, they were coming to Charlotte, and it was uh, it was like the day after my birthday they were playing there. And that that was my birthday present from her. She uh, she surprised me with tickets, and we we went there. And uh, you know, it's funny. She and I had the time of our life, not watching the show, but watching the people. Um, there was this. They used to have this wrestler um, there, and uh, he. I'm trying to remember his name, but his gimmick was woo woo woo. He was like from New York. Um, uh, Zach Ryder, Zach Ryder, and back then his gimmick was he wore this headband and he had this big fluffy hair. And uh, and and his headband said "woo woo woo," and I, me and my wife are sitting there, uh, and this India Indian lady, you know, comes walking by. She's got popcorn in her hand, drinks and gimmicks, and she's wearing this this headband gimmick that they sell there with the "woo woo woo," and it has like the fake wig, looks like his. And she's walking up and down the aisle trying to find her seat, and she's in the wrong section, right? And she looks at me, looks at my wife, and she goes. Ah shit! 
<laughs> and it was just so funny. <laughs> Even my wife goes, I don't know what was funny. Trying to hear hear her trying to cuss or that hat she <laughs> that goofy hat she had on. <laughs> oh, we laugh so hard at that, and and even now, like sometimes whenever we we we're, we're together, and I say, I say, you remember that time the lady had the woo woo woo, and my wife goes, oh God, that was so funny. She was in the wrong section, and I shut. <laughs> it's just it was hilarious. <laughs> Definitely great people watching. That's for sure. So, well, Jeff, thank you for joining me uh, this week on this show. Uh, you got anything you want to add uh, b- before we go off the air? No, I mean, I think we covered the card uh, pretty well and uh, went over every match and uh, we gave our input on it. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Yep, definitely. And uh, and fans, next week, uh, Jeff, if you if you want to come back for another episode, we can uh, go, go back into the uh, – and the time and uh maybe um you know look at look at some other shows big shows or something like that and do uh do our show on next week i i kind of we, we right here, here because of this um this coronavirus and everybody shut down um i'm kind of like um you know at a standstill as far as um you know what, what i'm doing on my show because you know in the past i'd always you know i'd, I'd get somebody on we talk about you know the, the show coming up and right now there's you know, there, there, there's no shows coming up and, uh, and it's crazy. And like, um, I, I was talking to, to, uh, to my good friend, George South today. And, and he was telling me that, you know, Hey, I'm not taking any bookings. I, I, he's, I got people calling me and he said, I'm not taking any bookings until, until I know for a complete fact, this stuff is done. We're back to normal. We're going back to work. He said, but I don't know when that's going to be. I said, yeah, I said, George, me either. Um, it's kind of scary to uh, to th- to think about it, and he says something that that really, really, I didn't think about until he said it. But now it all makes sense. Is like now that 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 we've been out, uh, you know, not running shows, not doing things. He said everybody's got to start from scratch, and I didn't think about that. You know, it's not like hey, mm-hmm. we, you know. So it's like he said now everybody's got to build themselves back up. All these all these companies got to build themselves back up. Territories got to build themselves. So it's going to be tough. Oh yeah, and then you got to look too. A lot of people have been out of work, so you know they have to. You know, the first thing they got to do is catch up their bills, so they're not going to have money to go see shows. So right. yeah, it's uh, it's definitely hurt uh, everybody all around. Small businesses, uh, large businesses. I mean, how many businesses are going to uh, um, have to shut the doors? Right. Of this? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's scary, um, but hopefully, you know, we'll all press on and um, and we'll come through this on the other side, and everybody's going to be, you know, life will be back to normal, and we'll be able to um, <clears throat> to get back in the ring and um, and do these shows and do do what we enjoy and create more more uh, comic comical um, uh, 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 memories. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely excited for that, but. Uh, like I said, Jeff. Thanks again. Look forward to having you back next week, and uh, we'll, uh, you know, surprise the people with with next week's um ne- next week's topic. Uh, or fans that you know the, the people out there that listen to the, to the show that are are on our Facebook page. Which, by the way, if you're not, go like our Facebook page. But go on there and leave us. Uh, you know, tell tell us tell us how you enjoy the show, or tell us something that that you might want to hear us talk about, or a guest that you might want to 
want to hear on the show and uh we'll do our best to get them on here and um um, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it and and uh, thanks again, Jeff, for for coming on the show. Thanks again for having me, bud. All right, fans, make sure you go like us on our Facebook page and uh, and uh, download each episode. Uh, go back and listen to some of the old ones uh, with, with with some of our stars that we've had on there. Uh, they, they're they really entertaining, really good. Uh, so uh, anyway, thank you for your time, and we look forward to hearing from you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Bench Buster Show. Make sure you tune in each week and download us on your favorite podcast platform.